are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful and, might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.MyPortfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a jam-packed pod for you guys today. We're talking about last night's Diamondbacks victory. We're talking about what Rob Manfred had to say about the MLB postseason. We're checking in on some former D-backs who got traded at the deadline. And I got a Merrill Kelly update for you guys. But first, if you're interested, if you're a company interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to go to rockauto.com where they have amazing selection. Prices are always reliably low, and they have all the parts your car will ever need. So visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right. Let's first start with last night's Diamondbacks victory. They scored nine runs last night. I know. Shocker. D-backs are finally starting to kick up a little bit in their run scoring department. And they've won, I believe, uh, four of their last seven games now. So... D-backs are heating up just a little bit. They're 19 and 31 on the season. I don't have the exact standings in front of me, but I'm guessing they're still around seven games back of the wild card. I mean, I could look it up real quick for you guys, but the D-backs are, of course, very far out of it with only so many games left to play. But guess what? The, the, the D-backs are technically not out of it yet, mathematically speaking, of course. Practically speaking, I think we all know the D-backs are toast, but mathematically speaking, they're still in it. They're not done yet, but I think we, I think we all uh, lost all our faith in this Diamondbacks team, but that's okay. That's all right, and I'm looking at it now. They're actually six and a half back of wildcard spot, so is there time left? Yes, technically, but do we believe that it will get done? No, but let's go back to last night's game. I digress, and this was a great offensive showing once again by the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it was surprising because they pit, they, they, they played against a pretty good pitcher, a guy who was on the NL Cy Young predictor for ESPN, Dylan Bundy, the former top prospect. He came into this game with a, a sub-three year array. But he leaves this game with a 3-1-2 ERA after getting shelled for five earned runs in just two and two-thirds innings pitch. And 
Saw a little bit of everything from the offense in this one. You got Rojas with a hit. Cole Calhoun had a couple hits. Three hits for Peralta. Nick Ahmed had a hit. And there was a few other guys who got a hit in this one as well. Another home run for Cole Calhoun in this one. Now has 12 on the season. Another home run for David Peralta. He now has five in. The D-backs needed to score early in this game if they wanted any chance of beating Dylan Bundy. That's what they did. They got to him first before the Angels got to the D-backs pitcher. And D-backs are able to put up four early runs all in the second inning thanks to David Peralta. Infield single that uh, scored Cole Calhoun. A Nick Ahmed single scored uh, Escobar and David Peralta. And then a vote single scored Nick Ahmed. So got four run scored by the D-backs in the second inning and of course they needed it because in the bottom of the second inning Caleb Smith came in and gave up a two home run two run home run to Angels catcher Stacy also scoring Justin Upton so that cut the lead from four from four to just two now it was a four two ball game and Caleb Smith in this one only went uh, let me see. He only went two innings pitch, and that's because he's still working his way back from the COVID list. He missed a lot of time, so he's on a pitch count right now, and he used a lot of his <laughs> pitches in that first inning. He really struggled to get through. Uh, the, he really struggled to get through that first inning. He threw nearly 30 pitches in that one. But he didn't make it through. He gave up the two earned runs and two innings pitch, which is something you don't like to see, but the D-backs have the arms to support when your starting pitcher struggles, and that's what Taylor Clark did in this one. He came in, pitched five innings. Granted, he gave up four earned runs, which I don't like, but it's decent. It was quality enough, four earned runs over five innings. I mean, you gave your bullpen a break, which was nice. Junior Guerrero got the hold, and then Stefan Crichton got the save, who right now seems to be the closer for the D-backs. He's got three saves on the season, and Toy Lovello seems, uh, seems to be continually going to um, Stefan Crichton never becomes a save situation. So for right now, it seems like he's the closer. And this D-backs offense looked good last night. Nine earned runs on 11 hits, eight ribbies. That's what you want to see. You want to see this D-backs team, you know, produce something. You still want to be able to turn this game on as a fan and still be proud of your team. And the D-backs did that last night. They, of course, still want to see what kind of guys they have on their team for the 2021 season. And one guy who needs to pick it up for uh, the rest of 2020 if he wants to be on this roster next season is Eduardo Escobar because last night he went 0 for 4 and now his batting average on the season has dropped below the Mendoza line, just batting 199 on the year, OBP 268, and a slugging 327. That's just not going to get it done for a guy who is expected to be Potentially the number four hitter in this lineup when he when we came into 2020 season. We expected big things. We thought he was a big-time power guy and could hit for a decent average, but he hasn't showed it really at all this season. It's just been a big disappoint for, disappointment for Eduardo Escobar. So hopefully for the rest of 2020, he can at least get some momentum going for the 2021 season because right now... I don't know if the D-backs want to keep him around because there's already signs based off last year that maybe he was a guy who was more fluky than anything when you looked at some of his advanced metrics. Maybe he wasn't as good as the counting raw numbers, you know, our, our, our normal numbers that we like to look at, like batting average, home runs, things like that. Apparently, the advanced metrics didn't like Eduardo 
uh, didn't like Eduardo Escobar as much, and maybe they're being proved right over the course of the 2020 season. So hopefully he picks it up for the rest of the 2020 to end the season so he could build some positive momentum for 2021. And so it gives this D-backs front office some confidence that they want to keep Escobar around for 2021 because I do like him. I do think he still could be an important part of this Diamondbacks team. But speaking of 2021, we did get an injury update from Merrill Kelly, and he underwent a successful surgery. He's feeling good after surgery. He's feeling optimistic. Right now, they're saying he could be ready for the start of spring training by 2021, and he didn't just get thoracic outlet surgery. Merrill Kelly also had a rib removed, so he's undergone a lot since being put on the injured list. He, they had to, they went, they underwent the thoracic outlet surgery because of a blood blood clot in his arm, and then he had to get a rib removed as well about a week later. So he's done a lot since he's been on that injured on that injured list, and we're just hoping that the former Sun Devil could get it together, get his health together, because he is one of the only bright spots. He was the, one of the only bright spots on this Diamondbacks team for the whole season. Him and Zach Gallon were a pretty nasty one-two punch, and I'm hope I'm I'm hopeful that if he's ready for the start of 2021, this D-backs rotation could be much improved if Luke Weaver gets back on track, if Madison Bumgarner gets back on track. I already know what Zach Gallon's gonna give me next season. He's our bona fide ace, so if Merrill Kelly can get back to what he was. This year, next year, then the D-backs at least have a one-two punch that they could count on in 2021. Now I'll get into what Rob Manfred said about the MLB postseason. But first, let me tell you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Winder, often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the countman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse has to carry. You have access with, with you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Alright, alright. Before I get into what Rob Manfred said, I just want to tell you guys about a little gripe I have because if you guys haven't been paying attention to what some of these former D-backs have been doing since they got traded from the team, you would be surprised to know that they've all of a sudden started performing better and actually look like some pretty decent major leaguers. Robbie Ray, since acquired by the Toronto Blue Jays, has gone with a 4-4-6 ERA in his three starts. Now, you might not be thinking 4-4-6 is all that impressive. Well, considering he had a 7-8-4 ERA when he left the D-backs, I think it would be pretty impressive. And he's had two pretty solid starts. 
His first start with the with the Blue Jays, he only gave up one earned run. Now, granted, he only went three and a third innings, but he had one walk in that game, four strikeouts, and only pitched 48 innings. So, if he went a little bit deeper in that ball game, maybe he gets shelled, but maybe his his uh, maybe he has a maybe he finishes with a quality start. Then his most recent start on September 12th. He only gave up one earned run, only walked two, and struck out five over five innings, throwing 90 pitches. So that's another one where it looks like he could have went to the sixth inning, had another pretty good start. So that's two of his three starts where he performed pretty well and pretty modestly for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I don't know if there was ever a string where I could say two of the last three starts for Robbie Ray was anything quality, honestly. And I'm looking at his game log. It looks like maybe from August 16th to August 26th, you could say that because he was bookended by two starts where he had one, the first start where he had one earned run allowed over five innings. But he had six walks in that game and threw 95 pitches. And I remember watching that game against the Padres on August 16th. Robbie Ray did not look good. He had like a no-hitter through four innings. He did not look good in that game. He was getting pretty lucky against that Padres team because he was constantly walking dudes in that one. And then on August 26th, he only gave up two earned runs. But it was over the course of four innings. And he did have eight strikeouts in that one. But through 99 pitches in four innings because he walked another six batters. And that was his biggest issue with the D-backs. He couldn't stop walking guys all year long. Every start he had, he had multiple walks. He only had one start the entire year for the D-backs where he had less than three walks allowed. But already with the Blue Jays, his first start, one walk. His second start, three walks. And then his third start, two walks. So Robbie Reigns cleaned up a lot of the control his, a lot of the control issues he had with the D-backs. All of a sudden, making more effective pitches and is not getting shelled as much because there's not uh, as many guys on the base. Think about that. When you don't put guys on the base, guys typically don't score runs. I know it's a crazy concept, but Robbie Ray has started to figure that out. I wish he figured it out with the D-backs, but at least he's starting to figure it out for the Toronto Blue Jays. And then Jake Lamb, all of a sudden, he's breaking out of his slump with uh, he's breaking out of his slump with the Oakland A's. He had no home runs on the season with the D-backs, and he only had one double on the entire season with the D-backs, but all of a sudden, he has two doubles with the A's and one home run to his credit, and he has a three-game hitting streak with the Oakland A's. In his first game, he went two for four, and, and he actually had a home run in his very first game with the Oakland A's. We've been waiting for some power all season from Jake Lamb, and he actually had a double and a home run in that first game and a ribby in that game as well for the Oakland A's. That's something we haven't seen all year. His second start with the Oakland A's, he went one for three, another run scored, another double, and it's like, where were these extra base hits with the D-backs? And then his last start, he went two for four and one ribby. So in every game, he's at least had a, in every game for the Oakland A's, he's had at least a run scored, an RBI, a double, or a home run. If he was doing that kind of production with the D-backs, maybe it would be in the playoffs. If he in the playoffs, if he was consistently getting a hit, an extra base hit, an RBI, a run scored, if he were just doing something to produce and contribute to the cause of D-backs' plight, but he wasn't doing it all season, and it's one of the reasons why the D-backs struggled. He was only batting 116 with a 240 OBP and a 140 slugging on the year with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So. I feel bad that these two guys have all of a sudden want to step it up as soon as they got as soon as they've as soon as they got traded because the D backs 
tried all year. They ran them out multiple times. They tried all year to instill confidence in them and tried to get them on the right track to perform better for the team. And it never worked to no avail. There was nothing Tori Lovello could do. He would give his guys ample opportunities. He wouldn't take them out early. He would really trust Robbie Ray and Jake Lamb to overcome their struggles, and they never did. Now, all of a sudden, a change of scenery. They're starting to overcome their struggles, and that's what happens sometimes in sports. You trade a guy who's struggling, the change of scenery is sometimes all he needs. And be on the lookout for Odell Beckham to be traded pretty soon by the Cleveland Browns because I think the same thing is going to happen for him. If he gets traded from that team, all of a sudden you're going to be like, wow, Odell Beckham is back to being the best wide receiver in football. Mark my words. I know that's not baseball Diamondbacks talk, but it was on the forefront of my head just now. Now, let me segue to this. Speaking of the playoffs, I don't even know. I wasn't even mentioning the playoffs, so there's actually no speaking of the playoffs. But just to bring up the playoffs, Rob Manfred recently said that he wants the expanded postseason to uh, go beyond the 2020 season. He wants there to be eight teams from each conference beyond 2020. He thinks this could be permanent. He said before the pandemic, owners had already expressed doing this going from 10 to 16 teams and I just want to say no Rob Manfred we can't do that we we can't have expanded postseason because it will just diminish the regular season and maybe in a 162 game year teams will try even harder down the stretch because usually by August you know which teams are in it and not in it because it's such a long season but I think it still diminishes the regular season. You look at basketball, because so many teams make it, they don't have to try as hard over the long haul of the year. And I think the same is true for baseball. Even though there's more games, even though you might think, hey, maybe a team tries harder now in August, like I just said, because they have an extra wild card spot or they, they there's just extra teams over on the playoffs. Maybe they want to try a little bit harder toward those dog days of August. But I don't think... I don't think teams are all of a sudden going to try harder because of that. I think, if anything, it will work in reverse just because now teams might say, guess what? We already didn't take the beginning of the season seriously. Now I really don't have to take it seriously. 162 games and more than half the team makes it. Why would I even have to try for the first third of the season? It's like basketball where they always say the season doesn't start till after Christmas. The same could be now said for baseball where you say the season doesn't start till what? Maybe after the All-Star break, halfway through the year. I don't know when the season's really going to start, but I do not like the idea of an expanded postseason. I think it just diminishes the regular season, and I think it should be tough to make the postseason. I liked how football has it where, you know, only the top team in every division makes it, plus two wild card. Granted, that's a little bit different this year, but I like it when it's a little bit tougher to make the postseason. Make these teams work for it. You're going to the playoffs. It shouldn't be that easy. I'm okay with 14 teams if you want to go from 10 to 14 teams making it, but from 10 to 16 teams where over half the league all of a sudden is a playoff team, I just don't like that. We're going to see too many teams that are not deserving to be in the playoffs. And, of course, this isn't basketball. And uh, it's more likely a a team that's not favored to win a series can win it. We saw the Nationals make as a wild card team all the way to the World Series and win it. So the favorite is not always going to win the series. But do we really want to see a team that had a, a barely 500 record win the World Series? I don't think so. I still think you would rather the teams that, you know, performed well all regular season, took it seriously, and performed well in the regular season. And I think you would want those teams 
to perform well in the postseason and those teams to be the ones that go deep in the postseason because it's rewarding them for their efforts in the regular season. If some team like, let's say the Dodgers, who know their sack, they just took the regular season off, said, we don't care, we're load managing our guys. Every third game, our players, our star players won't play, and they just basically took the regular season with a grain of salt and made the playoffs still with a 85-88 win record and then eventually won the World Series. I don't think that would be good for the sport. So overall, let's keep it at 10 teams. If you want to expand it, I'll be okay with 12. I would, I will hear you out if you want to suggest 14, but 16, that's just way too many playoff teams for my liking. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to always go back and listen to any podcast you might miss. As always, stay safe and stay healthy. Peace!